0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here. It's a Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. Thank you for tuning in. Pro-America Report with Ed Martin. Go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and uh, sign up there for the daily email, the daily wink, what you need to know every morning, what you need to know. The daily wink goes out 8 a.m. East Coast time, 5 a.m. Pacific time, and gives you a couple of links, a couple of things to think about, and the wink. Links, Winks. And things to think about. So you want to sign up ProAmericaReport.com. All right. Uh, great to be with you. Uh, we've got some super guests, as usual, some interviews to uh, go to. Uh, we will visit in a few moments with uh, John Schlafly. His column is out this week. It's on Texas. He's mad about Texas. He's angry about Texas. We'll also talk with Andrew Good, who is over at Numbers USA. Numbers USA is an awesome organization that highlights illegal immigration. Excuse me, hiles, Excuse me. Highlights immigration with a value statement. They want less immigration less immigration. They have a position, they take it, they're strong, they're interesting, uh very good group. So, uh we'll talk to them in a moment. But first, what you need to know. What you need to know today, um three things, three things, okay? Three uh facts, three a list of three, a threesicle, whatever you call it. Um three things I want to tell you wink today, what you what you need to know. First, there is a growing phenomenon, it's been going on for a long time, and people refer to it as internet dads. Internet dads, the kinds of personalities who are on Twitter or Facebook or other places that are sort of um you know, kind of giving advice and giving their perspective, and they're confident people, usually pretty successful, um, and you kind of track them. The best example I know is Mike Cernovich. Cernovich has had a success as a lawyer, he's been an author, he's been a business guy, he was married once and divorced, he's 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 happily married now. He's a dad now. He's got uh, uh, advice on um, health, on supplements. He's just a kind of interesting guy. I think he's a some kind of Orthodox Christian. I don't really know for sure. I've never he doesn't brag about it, but he does talk about it. He talks about his life and he comes from um, a very, very humble beginnings uh, in the center of the country, in the Midwest. I think it's Illinois and uh, talks about how hard his uh, his family, his parents, his dad worked and his own track. And he's just a, a really interesting man. And his Twitter feed is filled with um, wisdom. I don't always agree with him, but it's wisdom. And there's a bunch of people like that that you can go out there and find, but he's one of them. And his uh, Twitter handle is at Cernovich. His book is called Gorilla Mindset. It's a few years old now, but it's really good. He also did the movie Hoaxed. Uh, he made a book about it too, but it's the movie is powerful, a documentary on called Hoaxed on basically the fake news. He was ahead of the curve on how bad the fake news is and uh, how bad it was. Uh, but Cernovich has a tweet um, that struck me, and a couple of day or so ago, I don't know when a little while ago, and the tweet was this: very simple, catching up on that submarine story, surprised so many seem to want them to die. Has the explorer spirit become something to despise? Now, three sentences, not many characters, a lot there. And that's my first thing is find some of these Internet dads, people that have wisdom. You may not agree with them in every way, but you can uh, uh, li- watch some. G- Glenn Greenwald is another one that I like to look at. He's pretty liberal. But uh, Jack Posobiec, he's a little bit more of a political guy. But find these uh, I call them Internet dads or someone else referred to them as Internet dads and, and, and seek out their wisdom and, and learn from it. So that's my number. My first point. Second point is it is kind of true. I, I have heard mostly people saying oh, how crazy these people went down in a submarine. Oh, this is really, what kind of idiots go down in a submarine? And I think Cernovich's tweet pulls you back a little bit. I mean, it. if you were a little kid... I mean, when you were a little kid, but if you were a little kid of a certain era, you were reading uh, the Rover boys. That was a kind of Hardy boys version where they were doing all kinds of things with uh, uh, new uh, uh, new technology. You were um, uh, dreaming of going to the moon. You were dreaming of space travel. You know, you had lots of imagination and the macho guys, Neil Armstrong and others, the, the tough guys, the serious guys, Chuck Yeager. He was an astronaut as well as a fighter pilot before that. They were adventurers. And so I agree, I, agree with, um, I agree with Cernovich on this. You know, the submarine thing, it's not my thing. I wouldn't do it, but I'm old now. When I was young, I might have done it. People do a lot of things when they're young or if they have a mindset for it. And that adventurous spirit to take that up. Do you want to go down and see the Titanic? Why not? I mean, why not? and the idea should be that what a cool thing and what a what an epic uh, deal it's a little bit to me like bezos and others who want to go up into space i mean they have money to burn obviously almost literally but what the heck why not why not i mean why not have this um why not have this uh uh mindset that it's going to be exciting and and uh and even death defying and so I agree with him. I agree with the coverage, the coverage of the submarine. Oh, I know what I know a way to think of it. Remember about 15 or 20 years ago, there was a guy named Fawcett. I think his first name was, was it Bob Fawcett? And, and he was a uh, a successful businessman who got into the idea, got into the, the sport of uh, extreme ballooning. And, and he was, a lot of the times he took off from uh, St. Louis because Steve Fawcett, sorry, <laughs> I don't know what Bob Fawcett, Steve Fawcett. And he was a ballooner and he would go on these round the world trips where he was out and he was really into it. He had made money. He made money. He was an adventurer. I remember people rooting for him. Yeah, he did as I did a degree at Washington University in uh, in St. Louis. And so he uh, I guess he did an MBA. And so he he would take off from there uh, some of the time, I think, uh, or at least he was some connection to St. Louis. That's why I was so aware of it. Anyway. We were rooting for that guy to succeed in his around the world flights and his ballooning flights and his adventures. It was a really cool spirit. Same thing with Richard Branson, you know, Richard Branson, and he was doing all kinds of, so my point is somewhere along the way, and I blame social media and I blame the current media culture that needs to have not just high um, stakes coverage, high stakes news, but it has to be crisis crisis news is what they need. By the way, Steve Fossett uh, tragically he he uh, his plane crashed years later and he he uh, I think he died uh, on a um on some kind of uh, uh maybe maybe it was a fixed wing aircraft but he was um he was out in the desert somewhere and he ended up um uh, uh, crashing and then they didn't find the plane for a long time. I don't forget how long it took uh, uh cuz it was out in the middle of the desert and such. There were searches and all but so tragic end to his life but uh um it was uh, a very uh, very interesting. But we were rooting for it. We're rooting for his uh, uh, his um, his success. We wanted him to uh, go uh, around the world on this balloon. It was like that. OK, so there's all these examples of that. So I agree with Cernovich. But don't we have this adventurism spirit? Well, I blame the crisis media that wants the crisis and they want to have the crisis be at the center of things, not just a crisis, but it has to be a tragedy. Tragedy. If it bleeds, it leads. That's more valuable to the, the the hack media than it is just to have a an exciting thing. So that's so that's my two points. Cernovich and guys like him have wisdom. They make you think. They're the best of the internet. The coverage of the submariner and the negativity around it and the nearly almost feels like you're rooting for the uh, the submariners to be gone and to 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 be dying and to be dead. It that does feel like that, and that is the media. That's the social media, the media of today. And that's a that's a real downer. That's a real bad thing. And my last point, my third point is. I tell you, the media loves to find a distraction. You know, the the day that I was watching the coverage of the submarine, maybe the first day was the day that the um, Hunter Biden plea came in. And the coverage was, I think, more about the um, it was more about even on Fox News. It was more about the submarine than it was about Hunter Biden. And my point is we get distracted by all kinds of things and the media will make it so attractive to be distracted. It's an attractive distraction because you're like, oh, wow, there's a submarine. They were going down to see the Titanic, the Titanic's a movie. Everybody's seen. They know exactly what that means. Wow. This is exciting. And people are distracted by the, 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 this, this, uh, this submarine thing and not focused on really what's at stake. Now on that day, Hunter Biden pleads guilty to multiple counts there's other counts that existed same day. I think it was the same day. There's billions of dollars discovered missing from our appropriation to Ukraine or the spending in Ukraine. There's plenty of things that are real issues. I'm not saying don't cover the submarine, but the submarine was covered in such a way to be a, a terrible tragedy that you couldn't turn your head away from that you had to talk about. And they, they goaded us into that and it's pretty easy. I'm talking about it now, but I, it's not a, it's not the best way to live. It's not the best way to live. And so back to my point, three points, what you need to know today, The today's wink is three, a three for find yourself wise people. They're accessible through the internet. Internet dads are sometimes called, but there's other ones that are wise, people that are w- wise and make you think in a positive way. Sometimes like Bob Barron, the bishop, Bishop Bob Barron. He's someone who is kind of an internet dad. He makes people think if you're a believer, now, there's others So that's one. Number two, I I agree with Cernovich in this case. We should be celebrating the submariners as as adventuresome people that want to do something special and exciting. And then the last thing, of course, is the attraction of distraction, the distractions that they put in front of us so we won't focus on what's really going on, uh, what's really at stake and what's really at the heart of the matter. Seems to happen a lot. So there you go. Today's Wink. We'll be back in a moment. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the Daily Wink. Be right back. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Uh, we have a new guest, a new guest on the show. I was just talking with him offline. Uh, very pleased because I'm a big fan of Numbers USA. We've had a number of their folks on uh over the years. Numbersusa.com, numbersusa.com. They have a ton of resources there, uh and focused on immigration and lowering immigration levels. Uh very important stuff. Well, our guest is Andrew Good, and Andrew is the aide de camp. I think that's like chief of staffer. So he'll explain it to us de decamp camp of the ceo of the head of numbers usa so he's in the leadership group there he was recently out at the western conservative summit we've had folks on promoting that event and so i wanted to visit with him about what he saw there what numbers usa is seeing and just catch up so andrew welcome first of all how are you
2: doing great ed thanks for having me on
1: yeah, no, good to have you. Numbers USA, long history, uh, valuable. How is how does the issue of con, uh, immigration and illegal immigration, in light of everything that's going on with the Biden administration, how's the response at something like the Western Conservative Summit? I had, I had, I know you'll say it's good. People are energized, but they must be more focused too. I wonder. I hope so. How, how was your How was your booth out there? And how was the uh, How were the recipient the people there? How they receive you?
2: Yeah it was a great event. This was the first year we've done it and been out there and had a booth out there. And so we of course we got a number of people who came by and already knew who we were and had had nice things to say or just wanted to talk about, you know, where we're at. Like you said the Biden administration is just it's a it's a new universe even though it's some of the same stuff that we've seen in the past. It's just so much more amplified. I mean the amount of crossing is just we've just never seen anything like this before. So that there was definitely a high level of engagement and it was great to see um, some of the Republicans in in Colorado who also attended the, uh, the event. We, you know, we talked grade cards with uh, Congresswoman Boebert who has the highest score in the delegation. And uh, I mean, grade cards are a big thing that we do, which is, you know, we can tell you exactly, (laughs) not just what they're voting on, but what they're co-sponsoring. And we, you know, we give you a forum to, to tell them whether you like it or not. And that's that's a really important thing because they need to hear us.
1: Uh, so, you know, one of the things that uh, we were, we I, I was looking at and, and uh, thinking about was a comment that one of your team made, I think it was, about, hey, a lot of younger people, you're out in Colorado especially, a lot of younger people uh, for this event, they love the environment. Right. And they and they may not be embracing the Greta Thunberg insanity and her over the top rhetoric. But they may be saying, hey, let you know, I love outside. I love I, I love all the, you know, uh, uh, the the um, sort of American exceptionalism on our parks and all that stuff. And one of the things that you guys have been saying is, hey, understand what rampant immigration to the tune of millions and millions of people. In other words, uncontrolled. You're not making a controlled decision. You're just letting the floodgates open. and that's." flooding the country it also has an impact on sprawl on how we live i think that's a compelling argument now uh, tell us a little more about that
2: yeah one of the things the main thing we do is we lobby congress but one of the other things that we do that's special at numbers usa is we do these sprawl studies and they're they're excellent studies colorado is one of the places where we've, we've done a state-specific study and it has this it, it, uh, it has its own website coloradosprawl.com and with that sprawl study, we also did polling to kind of talk about, okay, what are we what are we really seeing? What are what are the differences between conservatives and liberals? Uh what how does this break down when we talk about immigration but also the environment, also sprawl, uh density, these kinds of questions. What do people really want? And what we found in our polling, I think was I, I wouldn't say totally surprising, but it's worth saying because we don't talk about it enough, um, which is that conservatives really are very close to to liberals in terms of wanting to conserve nature, wanting to see, you know, streams and rivers, especially in the West, a huge issue. Uh want the, want to see them filled, want to see them have enough water, uh want to see agriculture have the water that it needs to feed us. And the difference is when you start asking, okay, well what do you want to do uh you know when you've got a state like Colorado that has, you know, it's projected to add up 1.8 million uh, more people in the coming decades. Mm-hmm. We already are talking about water sun, And you, we broke down a couple of questions. We said, well, do you want to try to restrict it so that it makes it harder for people from other states to move here? Uh, that was popular with conservatives and somewhat popular with liberals as well. Uh, more than two and a half to one on that one.
1: <clears throat> you just cut out, Andrew. I just I've just lost you. I'll but, see if, but, oh, but, there you go. Coming but, back. You cut out for a second there, Andrew. Sorry, about three, four seconds. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, sorry. Now, just saying that you look at an issue like, well, should we should we slow down the rate of immigration? And, and conservatives are way, way supportive of that. And liberals are way unsupportive right now, at least right. in Colorado. Right. And then but then you ask about density. OK, well, let, well, is that the solution? We need more density. We can support more residents through density. And liberals are really all about that. Um, but when you ask them where they want to live, They're like everybody else. They don't they don't really want to live in a dense urban environment. So it's just a matter of kind of bringing these questions to the forefront of the discussion so that we wind up with a better and more coherent discussion. And yeah, I just don't see how immigration isn't part of that. The answer here.
1: Well and and you know, over at Numbers USA again, numbersusa.org, dot org and and we're talking with Andrew Good, uh who is uh one of the leaders at Numbers USA, aide de camp to the CEO there. Um, there's a – I think it was I think it was for might have been for Earth Day, but uh, on the website environmental impact of US immigration policies. In other words, and there's a whole tab for you can look at on numbersusa.org about, you know, what is the impact? What how does US pop again, if you make a decision if we have policymakers that decide these are the regulations, these are the systems we want. Okay. We can have that debate. Right now, what we're having is an unstated, unformally undecided, but clearly somebody decide, let, let, let the floodgates open. And that has to dramatically change the population. It also, we know when it comes to uh, illegal immigration or immigration or migration, it will lead to a certain kind of of housing patterns and living patterns that we know that it's not it's not a secret and so that impact as you and the website here environmental impact of u.s immigration policies that's the right question right if you don't know the impact you're not making a judgment about what's valuable don't tell me it helps jobs if you're not also helping me understand what the other impacts are right there's you know another one you could do on here is educational impact and it could all be about and i know you've written about this numbers usa has about how what happens to your public schools when you influx five million people uh, one third of which are students uh student age kids right or whatever number it was uh so andrew is is the awareness growing in other words are you able to broaden i th- it feels like the media and the left wants to make it about you're either kind or nasty you're either welcoming or unkind right and and you're saying is no 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 let's talk about all these different factors kind of is it working because it feels like the media is ignoring everything and i i wonder how you're finding it maybe especially young people when you're out at that conference
2: you're exactly right about the framing and of course framing it that way benefits the people who want to continue the growth pattern that we have but To your question, yes, it absolutely is making a difference. The polling all shows that immigration is a major issue. It's going to be a major issue in the next election, and it's going to be a major issue in every election until we get a better handle on it, because people see what's happening, and they know that that is not what they want to see happen. And like you said, it's it's not like we don't have a multi-decade track record of what has already happened and what will continue to happen. I mean, like in Colorado, we've lost... 1200 over 1200 square miles of open space since 1982 and wow the vast majority of that 86% due to population growth and we know that in America our population growth is driven by immigration it, it, just like every other developed nation that's 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 the case that's the world we live in right. so yes there's tons of engagement i think young people are starting to see it i think i think one conversation that we might break through on that they have in other countries is how immigration drives housing prices and the opportunity to buy uh, and get that first, you know, get, get your first home, get your foot in the door on, you know, on ownership. Um, I, I think those conversations are all there and there's we more making ground. It's just it's hard to feel good about it when you can also see how much ground we're losing at the right. border, you know, day after day right now.
1: Well, I got to say, Andrew Good, again, I I told you offline, uh, and I think at the beginning, it's so valuable to have Numbers USA in the fray because of the common sense uh, aspect. It's not just, hey, I'm for or against immigration. It's, hey, what does it all mean? And I think uh, broadening that uh, conversation like you are uh, doing and trying to reframe it is important. So thank you for doing that. Andrew Good over at Numbers USA, and I will put up on uh, our social media, numbersusa.org, and some links to uh, these pieces. Thanks very much, Andrew. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Ed. We appreciate you. All right. We'll take a break, everybody, and, and come right back. Uh, Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Such a big issue. I'm, I'm really glad to have him on. Uh, we'll do it again. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly, of course, is half of the Schlafly brothers. They write the Schlafly report each week over at townhall.com. It goes live there and also archived at phyllisschlafly.com. John Schlafly himself is an attorney, has uh, been active for about 40 years at the right hand of the late Phyllis Schlafly and now at her organizations, uh, all the different various Phyllis Schlafly Eagles organizations with whom I also work. John, welcome back. How are you?
3: Good, Ed. Good. Good to talk to you.
1: Before we get to the column, John, I can't resist with your experience uh, and perspective. How do you react to the Hunter Biden uh, plea deal? Just the the, the, the the whole thing. What's your what's your thoughts?
3: Well, um, yeah, what what to say other than we have a two tier system of justice in the country. And, uh, you know, even the the two uh, charges were done, which uh, they arranged for um uh, you know, a, a a plea are very um, you know, they were um uh, what's the word? They were uh, they were negotiated way, way down beyond what right. anyone else would have had. Right. But then, you know, more important are the things that were never uh charged and that starting with money laundering. I mean um and there's nothing in the charges that reflects the information from the laptop right so the fbi's had the laptop for what four years right uh they didn't do anything with it i mean under Biden, biden was conducting a money laundering operation i mean that's clear from the evidence and he was not charged for any of it
1: um so, I, yeah it's... And,
3: and, and the amounts the and you know even the minor misdemeanor for income tax, you know, they never looked into, okay, well, where did that money come from? The money that he failed to report millions of dollars, where did that come from? And, uh, you know, why was he paid that money? You know, nobody ever looked into that. Yeah. Uh, so afraid to, I guess.
1: Yeah. You know, John, one of the things I was, I said about it, I thought I said pretty well um, today uh, when I was asked about it earlier was Hunter Biden has admitted and had evidence of real crimes, you know, tax evasion is a actual crime. You can see it, you can touch it, having a gun when you're not supposed to, you can see it, you can touch it. And yet a guy like um, Donald Trump or uh, say uh, professor Eastman, they're charged with these sort of, esoteric mind crimes, obstruction of, a ju- of justice. There was no underlying crime, but you didn't comply with our demands fast enough. Therefore, we're going to call that a crime. Or D- Professor Eastman, you're going to be charged in the it's a bar a trial, but it's a real trial to take his license with with not giving the with having a mindset to uh, overtake the government when, in fact, in it, it all, you know, you describe what actually happened. It was legal advice, right? You don't have to agree with the legal advice, but it was legal advice. I, it's a it's an incredible that's the standard that's the two-tiered standard obstruction of official proceeding is a felony for all the people that were there on january sixth, whether they had any idea that what they were doing could disrupt the congress that's not by the way that's not what obstruction official proceeding is it's supposed to be about witness tampering but we're going to charge you with that as a sort of thought crime it, it, it's an extraordinary moment all right john i want to go to um your column, veto rampage in Texas discredits anti-Trumpers. All right, Texas Governor Greg Abbott vetoed more than seventy-five bills a few days ago, uh, mostly sponsored by conservative Texas state senators. What's going on here, John? Explain this. What are, what are we talking about?
3: Well, first of all, Ed, you know why are we talking about Texas? I mean, this is the this is the second column in the last. You know, month that we've done about Texas. Well, Texas is the biggest Republican state, and Texas in in many ways is the linchpin of the Republican Party and the prospects for retaking uh, power in Washington. So it's important that um, Americans in the other 49 states pay attention or to what is going on, and particularly in the Republican Party of Texas, and to realize that you know, Greg Abbott, for all of the applause he gets for putting migrants on buses, I mean, he's really not a friend to uh, those of us who are seeking change in our country, and it's and we're just trying to make that clear. I mean, you know, Greg Abbott, for instance, although he got just like Greg, did, like like Tron DeSantis, the reason he's sitting in his job is because Trump endorsed him, but. Just like Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott has not returned the favor by endorsing Trump. You know, Mm -hmm. why hasn't he? Mm -hmm. Greg Abbott has not endorsed Trump for president. And instead, Greg Abbott has gone on a rampage, which is unprecedented in the history of Texas. You know, Texas has been, what has it been? Well, I guess we're going to have the 200th year anniversary of Texas pretty soon. I don't know, in a few years. Um, You know, never before has. A governor vetoed 75 bills passed by his own party in the state legislature, and why is he doing that? And he's doing that as in retaliation, as payback. To and he's um, so. And and of course, the big issue from a national level is Greg Abbott really has done nothing to secure the border. I mean, the. Almost all, maybe eight, three quarters of the over five million illegal aliens who have come into our country since Biden became president have come in through Texas. Right. And Greg Abbott is the governor of Texas, and you know he hasn't done anything really, anything significant to impede that flow. I mean, he's in a position to do something, but he hasn't done anything. Other than to put a handful, you know, maybe a thousand or so on buses and send them up to New York, Washington and Chicago and Denver. I mean, OK, we all got a big laugh out of that, but it's not talk about a drop in the bucket.
1: Right. Um, well, John, could you could, could could every, could every
3: you could just load of for every busload of migrants? There's 10,000 who are allowed to, you know, being released and allowed to take up residence in our country. And Greg Abbott is not doing anything to stop it.
1: Uh, John, could you envision actually, then we're talking with John Schlafly. John and Andy Schlafly write the weekly uh, Schlafly report column over at townhall.com. This week's is about uh, Texas and Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh, sounding conservative and then uh, not delivering. But John, on this immigration issue, if let's, I, I'm, I'm, I, let's play a little game here. Uh, uh, if you were governor of Texas, is there some showdown? On the law that you could do. In other words, we did hear war, uh, part of it. I know that immigration, the st- the the the, um, the the managing of immigration law is a federal issue. It's in the Constitution, fine. But as to the invasion of your state, can you envision something that dramatically that could have been done that would force a showdown? I I guess I can, and I wonder why it hasn't happened.
3: Well, yes, because of course the vast majority of these migrants do not cross at the official ports of entry, which are monitored, manned, and by the federal agencies. Um, and they're coming through, you know, crossing, you know, uh, unofficial territories, which are part of Texas and under Texas jurisdiction. And yes, I do think the government of Texas and the Texas Rangers who are the state police force could have, could do something about that. And they're not doing it. You know, of course, if they did something, there would be a legal challenge. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, Texas should be up to that. And he had a great attorney general, uh, You know, Ken Paxton. He should should have been working with his attorney general. And the attorney general has filed some great cases, but he's not getting support by the governor. And, in fact, Greg Abbott behind the scenes was giving aid and comfort to this movement to impeach uh Ken Paxton from his job as uh, Attorney General, so that was really the the you know the final straw, the crowning blow of Greg Abbott, undermining undermining the 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 job of uh, protecting his own state, which stands in the gap for the whole country, for people from all over the world. You know, it's not just Mexico; Mexicans aren't even the majority of them. There are people from all over the world who have come up through Mexico and enter the United States, and then they disperse. And you know, and you know, last night we heard from uh, Todd Bensman that the number's up to five and a half million. I mean, that's more. That's more than the entire population of half of our states. Uh, t- I mean, it, it's the most astounding, unbelievable, unacceptable thing that's ever happened in our country's history.
1: It is indeed. All right.
3: And and Governor Abbott is on the front lines and he's not doing anything other than to wave them in.
1: Hmm. Uh, John Schlafly should not
3: be regarded as as, as, you know, as a leader in the Republican Party. He Hmm. needs to he needs to step aside and let somebody else do that job.
1: John Schlafly, Andy Schlafly, the column is uh, the Phyllis Schlafly Report over at townhall.com. Veto rampage in Texas discredits anti-Trumpers. John, I'm out of time. Thank you, as always. Uh, I'll put it up on social media, and uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report back in a moment. Welcome, 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 welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I hope you enjoy those interviews uh, and uh, uh, let's finish up today. Let me tell you about something. Uh, We spoke last week with Dr. Carol Swain. She's really spectacular. And on, over on social media, Facebook, as well as on Twitter, she's just a great presence. Carol M. Swain, PhD. She's a doctor, a professor at Vanderbilt, I think for a while, and just an amazing lady. Um, and she uh, put over there, she put a, a post that said this, uh, this is one of the best articles I've read about the history of the LGBT movement's adoption of the rainbow as their symbol. Uh, using Scripture, it offers the proper Christian response to God's covenantal promise to Noah, and we should embrace the rainbow. And she goes on, she puts up this uh, essay uh, by a man named Andrew Sibley. Andrew Sibley, and it's very good. It's very good. It's very, it's kind of the history of it, which is important uh, about why, you know, how this happened um, and about how unfair it is and how uh, in some ways clever it was to go ahead and try to uh, steal the rainbow. Now, here's the thing. My wife has been saying for a long time, it's it felt unfair that the rainbow became this symbol of uh, LGBT stuff because it made you have to be political. You want to put a rainbow on your kid's uh, sh- a shirt. It's not a celebration of the rainbow and a celebration of of, uh, of light through a prism or a celebration of Noah. It's It becomes this political statement. It's really mean to do that and intentional. But here's the thing. It's gone too far. I've told you before. And the hashtag people are using is hashtag too far, kind of like Me Too. And everybody knows the Me Too movement uh, is an accurate, there's an accurate need to control animals, especially in Hollywood. Weinstein and others sound like terrible people. Although I would acknowledge too that the system that everybody exploited and enjoyed uh was pretty uh, uh exploitative of 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 sexuality and and promiscuity etc but be that as it may if someone is a real uh terrible person i, I understand but the me too movement most people agree went too far it, it basically uh crippled workplaces for example you 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 would be crazy you would be crazy and it would be malpractice in a business setting to let yourself be alone with a woman, let's say you're a 50 year old man, be alone with a 22 year old intern in a room. You wouldn't do it. And I'm not saying you should do it. I'm saying that, that we've, we've come all the way to the Mike Pence uh, position of, of not being in, or alone with a single woman in a room because it's not worth the trouble. And it went too far. Well, likewise, the LGBT thing, the pride thing, it, at a certain point, it's not, it is actually pride. It's pride in, in meaning the sin. It's not being proud, being confident in yourself. It's, it's pride, shoving into people's faces and making them feel bad about themselves and stealing from them symbols and things that have meaning. That's not a kind thing. That's not a kind thing. That's a terribly nasty, mean thing to do to people. And people think it's gone too far too far. And once it's gone too far, people take a lot of grief in this country. America, we put up with a lot of grief. We put up with a lot of things that happen that we don't particularly like. Taxes are too high. Intrusion into our lives by regulations too high. Our schools are not doing a good enough job. But if you go too far, and in this case, the White House hosted some sort of pride event and one of the transgender people, and in fact, it was just a transgender event. It wasn't just pride. It wasn't LGB. It was TTT. And the people, some of the the transgender people had their clothes off, their tops off, and were gyrating in a way that was obscene, if not pornographic. And I think people saw that, and they just said, too far. Hashtag too far. It's gone too far. We We are not going to tolerate this it's not something that we can stand and we're going to move against it we're going to move against it we're going to tell people and i read this carol swain post and i thought carol swain is giving space for people to recover that we we want to have we want to have we want to have we want to have the rainbow symbol as a meaningful thing in our in our lives it has religious connotations it has uh like i said si- science i remember as a kid having a prism and how exciting it was to project on the wall a rainbow is that a political statement now they want to make everything into that it's a it's a denigration i almost said degradation but it's denigrating it's denigrating things that matter in a way that's very un- again very unkind it's not uh a virtue pride is not a virtue Pride is not a virtue. Pride is a sin. It's a vice, better said. And it's being used by people who think if they yell loud enough about a vice, people will think it's a virtue, and it's not. It's not. So I will post up on uh, social media and I will uh, make sure to link to this story that um, that was uh, so well done that Carol Swain, Dr. Carol Swain recommended. And you will uh, I think you'll find it um, uh, really interesting and and important to have. So check that out. All right. uh, I also will have a report. Uh, There was uh, this week is the congressional baseball game. And I was laughing because uh, the congressman Stubbe is the pitcher for the Republicans. And I guess he's really, really good. I mean, really good. And so he has been uh, doing a heck of a job striking out Democrats. So we'll see if we get an update. Every time I think of the congressional baseball game, I think of um, Steve Scalise, who was shot while he was practicing by a rabid Rachel Maddow uh, watching lunatic and uh, barely survived. And so he'll be out there. I don't know if he's playing as much as uh, just attending and being a part of it, but it's pretty great that he can do that. So, all right, everybody, thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley, our Awesome producer. Thank you also to uh, Ryan Hyde, associate producer. And uh, we will uh, be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then.
0: This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego